Welcome to RC Heli Nation version 2.0. This is Nick. Uh, this is episode number 41. Here with me, I have Mr. Jake. How we doing, Jake? Dude, that was good. What? That <laughs> was like professional and stuff. I thank you. You're going to make Dan jealous. Well, I know. I know. He'll get all butt hurt now. <laughs> <laughs> so as, as you guys have noticed, Dan is not with us. Um, he is currently locked up in the basement with some very inappropriate clothing on. Those videos will be up, but it's on a different site, and you have to pay with a credit card and everything. But no, he's yes. uh, he's sitting at the at the Heli Pros field, all lonely, um, with horrible three G service. So Jake and I have taken over, and uh, we're gonna see if we can't we're, wing something together without the man. We're coping with my three G service, <laughs> and we're gonna cope. I mean, it might just be me. Everybody's gonna have to, have to listen to me ramble by the end of the night. I don't know. I'll, it's I'll find a someone. Distinct possibility. Yeah, I'll go grab a neighbor or something. We'll, there you go. We'll do what we can. So what's uh what's been going on this week, Jake? This week? What about the last like three weeks? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, fill me in, man. We got time. Well, let's. Ooh. You go first. What's up? What's happening? What are you doing this week? Um, this, what am I doing this week? This week I'm going to be packing for Heli Pros, uh, which is, oh, I'm, I'm definitely ready for a helication for sure. A helication, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah, Dan's on like a three-week one. I, I only get like five days, but it's all good. That's because he's a dick. I know, he's a total dick. He's a warm weather, lonely dick right now, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I got, um, let's say I worked on my, got a new field charging case all set up. Nice. nice. Yeah. I saw pictures I've of been, that. I'd had my old charging setup case, but, um, it just wasn't quite cutting it. I had two HP server power supplies in there and I had added on another eye charger and the case itself was a little bit flimsy. So I went back, uh, tried to recreate the wheel and added a third one. Took a little bit of creative engineering. I was not aware that when iCharger says maximum of 36 volts on the input, they meant precisely 36 volts. They weren't joking. No, they were not joking or a really loud, really annoying alarm will go off. Um, And all my power supplies were set at like (laughs) 12.1. Yeah. and I. how'd you dial them back down? Well, so... uh, in digging in doing a little bit of research i found that most power supplies if you pop the covers off they'll have like a little potentiometer in there that you can dial and adjust the ones that i chose do not Um, but they do have a couple pins on the back in that little mirage of small teeny tiny pins that are impossible to solder found out that two of those 
were it's kind of like it was built for the capability of voltage adjustment they just never put a pot in so had to travel down to radio shack pickle up pick up a couple of uh (laughs) pickle up a couple pickle up i pickled up (laughs) (laughs) that's not even right (laughs) that's not right picked up a couple of uh potentiometers and got them all Got them all dialed in, so it's sweet, man. I can crank out two Genzase 5300 6S packs in 12 minutes. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's the point in charging them that fast? I mean, really. I don't keep a lot of flight packs, and it's sometimes... I don't either. I've only got five, so... Oh, only have five? You know how many yeah, I have for it. the Whiplash? One. Two. One. One flight pack. Yeah, I just don't like hauling stuff around, and I don't know. I mean, with the nitro, since I bounce back and forth, um, usually yeah, I just kind of alternate, and that gives me back to back to back to back. I mean, just completely gone. Yeah, it's nice. I sized it all to the generator. That's what people are always, well, you know, oh, man, what size should I go with? What size charger, this and that? Go with your power source and go whatever your power source can handle. So generator will run at about 1,600 continuous. So that's mm-hmm. what I figured was try and get it up close to 1,600 watts on everything, and then we don't have to do it again. Nice. Yeah. I like it. So let's see. That, and then I got a big package today. A big package. <laughs> this, uh, from Dan? N- no. Was it from Dan? <laughs> no, no, it was not from Dan. This was, um, this was for one of our listeners, and my sponsors will probably... Cringe right about now, but um, we had one of our listeners uh, named James contact me, and um, he's been flying for about, I think he said about a year and a half, just nitro, you know, sport flying, just starting to get into the 3D stuff. He has ventured into his first electric helicopter, um, which is a goblin. Guy went all out. Yeah, I knew you'd like that. Excellent. There was just a couple of the things that he wasn't quite you know quite comfortable with um when you go going into electric is intimidating enough as it is but then going in with you know a freaking monster powered goblin right off the bat that (laughs) takes some cojones and he didn't it does i mean he just didn't quite feel comfortable you know set up how should i wire this and that so after talking on the phone for a little bit um he asked if I would be willing to go ahead and just finish up the wiring portion. He's got the heli all built. Um, just finish up the wiring on it, get the ESC all programmed, and, uh, you know, take it up, do maiden flight on it, shake it out a little bit, and then we'll tune the beast decks and ship it back to him. And sometimes for those people, I, I know like Dan has been in this situation too, where there's no, there's no one else around you to ask. You have no one else to go to. Some people just yeah. really learn hands-on a lot better and like he said i mean he was spitting stuff back at me when i was talking to him i'm like you got it man this is it you don't need me he's like yeah but i just i don't have that confidence because i can't see it what the finished product really looks like so yeah we're gonna do that um it's it's all here we've got some pulse packs uh an 8fg a goblin got everything that we need so what about jake Jake totally disappeared, so I'm just going to keep on going. I'll talk to myself. I don't mind. I'm cool like that. Um, let's see. Um, a big shout out to the guys down in Brooks, Oregon. Uh, sorry we couldn't make it. 
you know, they're down there having a blast, uh, having a blast, flying. It was kind of cool. I got a, I got a call from Jesse. Said he was meandering down the flight line toward the center of the area, and he's like, "Dude, I, I'm listening to you and Dan right now." I'm like, "Well, what do you, what do you mean? Of course, I'm talking to you on the phone, dumbass. You know, of course you're listening to me." <laughs> he's like, "No, I'm, I'm walking down the flight line. I come up to the center there, and they're playing." Last week's episode over the loudspeakers there at the middle of the fun fly. Nice. Yeah, I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. I mean, we've got no one there, uh, you, no one else that's a part of the nation there. Well, okay, let me take that back. We all are a part of the nation. But yes. um, yeah, none of the team there, and it was it was really cool. So that's uh, thanks to everyone in Brooks, Oregon. We really appreciate your support, and I uh, hope you guys get some, get some awesome flying in this weekend. I think that's, I'm good. What, what, what you been up to? Well, I, I had a very interesting text earlier. Yeah? Yeah, it was from Dan. And? He told me he hates his iPhone. <laughs> Whoa, really? Yeah. No kidding. Yeah, I think he really meant to say I hate autocorrect, but he said iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't happen if you can't prove it. <laughs> oh, I have the text. I saved it. Oh, crap. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. What have I been doing? Uh, I've been doing a lot of flying. Yeah? Um, I kind of opened up my flying a little bit. I've been so focused on, you know, advancing myself and learning new maneuvers and mastering stuff that I just wasn't flying anymore. I was just practicing. So the last few times I've gone out and flown and the last fun fly I went to, I just flew and I flew the crap out of it. It was awesome. It was a great time. Nice. So you've got one tomorrow? Yes, I have one tomorrow. The um, CNY Heli Jam in Phoenix, New York. Yes, I have to specify New York because most people don't know Phoenix is in New York. I did not know that. (laughs) It's like, wow, there's no love, Jake. You can go all the way to Phoenix, but you can't come to Heli Pros. (laughs) That's right. I wish I could go to Heli Pros. That'd be awesome. But yeah, Yeah. no, tomorrow should be good. Uh, I believe Art Hughes is coming. I know Kyle Stacy's going to be there. Um I'm not sure who else, but there should be a, a good group of guys there. Nice. Big big gabbling fest. There'll be at least four. Minus Art. Shout out to my boy Art. Way to go, Art. <laughs> Representing. With the whippy do? <laughs> yeah, with the whippy do. <laughs> Man, I had a. I had. Uh, I'm going to put this in there just because I had such a sad. <laughs> such a sad week. I made so many just dumb. It was one of those weeks where it's just off my game. You know? You, That's you're, different you, than any other week? Yeah, <laughs> I'm usually just barely hanging on, like to the tip of the tail fin. But, uh, yeah, I, I found a, a problem that was plaguing me for a, for a, <laughs> for a yeah. week. <laughs> yeah, what yeah. was the problem? Well, so when you, you know, I've been flying the whiplash for quite a while now, but... A lot of my past has been with helicopters that have on the torque tubes, the the bearing uh, retainer on the torque tube is usually like a rubber material. Right. And right, you, right. you know, you feed it over it, it encapsulates the bearing, lube it up a little bit, slide it down the boom, you're good to go. Whiplash is a little bit different. It actually uses kind of a, a capped plastic or Delrin sleeve um, that has two machined grooves on the outside with O-rings. So when you slide those on the bearing, 
you need to put a little bit of CA on the outside of the bearing to hold it in, hold it in that retainer. Uh-huh, uh-huh. If you don't, after, well, I don't know. Oh, I don't know, 38 or 39 <laughs> flights, apparently they could... <laughs> They will work their way off the bearing. Now, the awesome part is this torque tube so burly and the way that the ends are designed, it holds it all quite straight. So until you really load the heli, you never know. I mean, it's it's smooth <laughs> as butter still, but then when you start banging it around, you load it up, you know, it, it, it yeah, the tail starts doing some weird kicking and... <laughs> You get a little bit of head wobble. I'm sure the B-Sex is just giving me the big middle finger. You know, <laughs> so much vibration. I yeah, I can't work under these conditions. <laughs> but, yeah, so I uh, I was out there. And finally, it really started making, like, noise. I think they were hanging on a little bit before, but then all of a sudden it was like, oh, God. Sounds like someone threw a can of rocks in my tail boom. And they pretty yeah, much hey. did. Yeah, yeah, a couple barrier holders actually. So, uh, yeah, you know, hey, it is what it is. Too many late nights. I've been, yeah, burning that candle at both ends, you know. Uh huh. And it, uh, uh -huh. it shows. It definitely shows. Not, not as young as we used to be, Jake. Speak for yourself. <laughs> no, I said we on purpose, dude. <laughs> uh. Yeah. So, so what else is new, man? You got, um. Uh. I saw some some sort of highly lit, yes, little thingy you got there. Little thingy, oh, yes, I have a little thingy. My wife's okay with it. <laughs> yeah, and you light it. You put yeah. LEDs on it and spin yeah. it around. <laughs> yeah, it's all about the show, man. It doesn't matter how well it works. <laughs> da da. <laughs> yeah, so I, I decided that you know after well, okay, two weeks ago I was at a fun fly. Um, the Adirondack Heli Bash over mm -hmm. at the Lazy 8 RC Field. That was fun. Um, and in the, the later hours, one of the guys pulled out a, a Nightfly 450. And uh, he flew it around a little bit and hands me the controller and says, Here, you fly. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I took his little 450. I flew it around. I did not crash it. Nice. It, it actually flew nice. And until I landed... You know, I was like, well, I think it's a fly bar, but I can't really tell right at the moment. <laughs> it was oh, wow. Bar. It was fly bar. So, uh, no, it was nice. So I flew that around a little bit, and I had been thinking about it anyways, so I finally just said, bag it, and I built myself a, a night machine. Nice. Well, okay, I didn't build one. I just kind of put lights on my 500 and called it good, but... Yeah, that that counts. I did some some of the nice homemade blades and all that. Yeah, have you got out to, have you flown it? Once. Once? Okay, well, one in an, in a tenth. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait a minute, this sounds like, this, this sounds like the beginning of my torque tube story. <laughs> kind of. Um, so I, I take it out, actually, last night. I got everything ready, finally, and um, I was waiting on some head parts because last weekend I tipped it over and I bent a couple things and I needed to replace them. So whatever. I ended ah. up replacing the whole head. I got the DFC head. That's I'll talk about that later. I haven't flown it enough to say much about it yet, but okay. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. So I took it out last night and I decided I was going to fly it. So it was about dusk. There was still some light. So I was sure I'd be able to see what's going on before I try flying in the pitch black. Yeah. 
and uh, I spool it up, and I hear this. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even gotten off the ground yet, and I hear this sound. And I thought I saw something come flying off. And, uh, I I wasn't sure. I thought maybe one of the blades like ejected the battery or something. I don't know. So I slow it down and I look at it. I'm like, well, the lights are both on. And I start looking at it and the heat shrink that I had put around the battery had apparently slid down the blade <laughs> and, and tore at some point and just came off the blade and was gone. I, I found a bunch of little parts of it in the grass. So. <laughs> Left the scene of the crash, huh? Yep. It just, it just evaporated. It was gone. Nice. So that was the tenth of a flight, and then I came back in and I reheat shrinked it and made sure that I got over that lip on the inside edge there. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, so now, now we're good. So I did a flight after that, and it seemed okay. Nice. I was a little bright out to st- to enjoy the lights too much, but you could see the disc and stuff, so that was cool. Right on. Yeah. Well, anything else? Um, gee, I don't know. You know, it's been a while. <laughs> Yeah, I know it does. It seems like this whole ah, uh, this last three weeks has just been such a mess. So you know, apologize to everyone if it's a little out of sorts. But it's uh, we're we're doing what we can. It's tough when everyone's traveling. People Dude, don't I'm realize how difficult it is. It is. It is. It's weird. Um, oh, back to that fun fly I was at. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It, last show or the show before i don't remember dan had mentioned that they pretty much treated me like a rock star and they kind of did yeah it was really cool um you know i i fly by myself 90 percent of the time usually i'll have a buddy or two over and that's as much audience as i get so i'm not exactly used to people clapping when i land ah that's crazy i i I was like wait what (laughs) (laughs) was that for me yeah and uh the first flight I had for the day, um, I land, and the club president comes over, and he goes, well, you just elected yourself for the noontime time demo. <laughs> so, nice. yeah, there's that. Um, we did an auto-rotation contest. That was fun. I successfully bounced to my 500, landed on the head button, and spun around, then tipped over. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Landed on the head button? Wow. Well, I, I bounced it, and then it landed on the head button. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, is this a new trick? Am I going to see this in XFC next year or what? <laughs> you might. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. so that was pretty funny. Um, and then after uh, one of my other flights, there was a, a local paper there just doing an article, which I thought was cool because, you know, RC stuff doesn't usually get much press or anything, so... Um, after yeah. another flight, he came over and he's like, oh, can I interview you? And I ended up in the paper. So that was cool, too. Rockstar Jake. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet, and, man. and then afterwards, you know, most of the people cleared out, you know, early in the evening. So there was just a handful of us left. And the uh, club president and vice president were there and they were camping there. And they'd start handing me like fresh shrimp and stuff like that. I was like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking publicity. <laughs> food it doesn't get any better than that uh-huh uh-huh no it was a great time it was fantastic so yeah i'll be going there again next year <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure maybe they'll have a big welcome jake sign yeah yeah and uh the club president from the stars club the 
Funfly Tomorrow was at that show too, or that Funfly, and uh, he it's me just in the passing. He's like, "So are you coming to ours in two weeks?" <laughs> like, yeah, I was planning on it. So yeah, we'll be there tomorrow, and that'll be fun too. Yeah, I love the Funfly. I love this season. Yes. I just yeah, people don't all you warm weather dicks down south. You don't understand what it is to us to finally get fun flies and, and warm weather it, it's everything i mean <laughs> we hibernate all winter just for this and you guys are like ah oh, yeah i mean yeah we're going to another one and for us it's you know it's like a bunch of fat kids in a candy store it's ridiculous <laughs> it it's just is too. it's so much input all at once it's like oh my gosh you're gonna go to a fun fly oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> it is that's what we live all year for you know, I mean, we, we sit on the sim, and it's like we hear all these people. To oh yeah, man, whew, eighty degrees out. You know, I'm looking outside, and it, it's like raining upside down. I don't know how that's possible, but we get it here. <laughs> it goes from the ground up. Yeah, it does. It's so big, it hits the ground, comes back up. You just there's no prayer. So it's a it's a really big deal to us, and it's awesome to get out. And that's probably why we act like such morons when we do. But uh, oh well. Well, is what it morons, is. So it's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, should we do some news? But but he's not here to like tell you to do the news, so do you really have to do it? Yeah, I guess that's true. I don't have to do anything. Do the news, dickhead. <laughs> Dan, uh, we've been talking a lot about nitros. I'm thinking I might want to get one. Oh yeah, what are you thinking about? I was thinking about that Velocity N2. Yeah, that's a that sounds like a pretty good helicopter. You know, Bert's been making a lot of great changes over there. In particular, that main gear that a lot of people were complaining about. They've got a new one, so I, I think if you take a close look at that helicopter, I think you might find product that you really like there, man. Sweet, I'll check it out. Outrage N2 available at a hobby shop near you. So MSH has got, they've got a video out with the Proto 700 with the Brainfly Barless system on there. Um, you know, there's, it's kind of been rumored, seen a couple spy photos. Uh, the one thing about this video that kind of caught me that was a little bit intriguing was the sound on it. Uh, I don't know for a fact, but it sounds like there's a whole lot of belt action going on in this because it's really quiet. Definitely does not sound like a straight-cut geared heli. So it would be really interesting to see. Protoss has been kind of quiet for, for a while. Um, and and the, their fans are, man, these guys got some diehard followers that I know are really looking forward to this. So hopefully we'll start seeing some more. Nice. Um, congratulations. Looks like uh, Thunderpower RC has a new team member, the... Yeah. Uh, the elegant Lady 3D, Raquel Below. So congratulations to her. What? What are you laughing at? <laughs> What's nothing. your deal? Nothing, nothing, nothing. What? No, no, no. You can't, you can't interrupt the news and then just be like, uh, nothing. Nothing. What? It's what? good news. I, I, yeah, no, go ahead. Uh, you're worthless. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> You you only see a little bit of it. <laughs> That's true, you do. Okay, so here's the big news. All right, you ready for this? Yeah. This is big. Yep. 
cool power. Yeah. All right? Yeah. The fuel that, that we all love and fly. Yeah. Has a new field rep on their team. Yeah? Yeah, I heard this guy's crazy. Like crazy. He's got he's got tricks like ninja tricks. You don't even know what this guy's got. Is this the guy that like he, he like sits upside down in a chair and you know <laughs> yeah. does the controller with his toes or some shit? Yeah, yeah. Not even behind his back. No, 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 no. That doesn't cut it. No. Well uh, big congratulations um to our beloved Dan um on his <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the applause button? <laughs> no, big congratulations to Dan for uh, joining the Cool Power team. Uh, I think it's it's awesome. Cool Power, if you guys are listening, you seriously could not have picked a better person. This guy's diehard Nitro. He he really <laughs> wanted to do the electric thing, but it is. Uh, we've had many o text messages slash phone conversations back and forth. Man, I just, uh, I'm just not getting the fusion, man. I'm just not feeling it. I don't, I don't want to have to mess with it. But, you know, in his spot way down there in Montana, the fuel was ridiculous. I mean, the prices were just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but I know that's where his, where his heart is. Yeah, he likes him, the nitro. Yeah, I, I don't blame him. I, I like to mix it up. I like the smell of it, but I like the uh, electric. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Electric power is hard to deny, but there's just something about that nitro that you'll never, ever, ever get. So I think he's actually dirty bugger. I'll, I'll spill the beans on it. I think he's building a 700. Yeah? Yeah, like... I hope so. Like soon. Like nice. a couple days, maybe, something like that. <laughs> I know he was trying a new transmitter. Yep, he did. Yep. He got an 8FG. Yeah. Which I'm actually really excited to try, too. Oh, yeah. one I'm came... trying that. You know, we're good. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm uh, well, so we'll see. It's, I'm. I'm happy to be able to get my hands on one. And thanks, James, for letting me try that out before I have to bite the bullet and get one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's it for news. It's pretty quiet. People are out flying, which is awesome. And keep um, flying. Stop listening to us and go fly right now. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Well, maybe listen to us while you're flying. Oh, no, 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 no. It's, it's legit. I mean, they're probably stuck in their office. They listen to it in their office or the car or whatever. Then go. these fly bars sit in the cold damp corners of your garage to rust or be sent to the junkyard for melting away for plank parts every day the number of fly barless units increases dramatically leaving fly bars to squander away into obscurity not to mention the fly bar paddles carbon plastic and all of those kbdd paddles hoping to fly another day it takes a little for you to become a special friend of the fly bar. For just 75 cents a day, you could save a fly bar somewhere across the nation. As a sponsor, you could exchange photos and letters from all the happy children currently flying their fly bar helis. So come on, pick up the phone. Call 1-800-SAVE-FLY-BAR. Thank you for your time and consideration. Save the fly bar now.
right. So here's the thing. Okay. Um, I had mentioned the whole like you know not being used to people clapping when I land and things like that. Yeah. And, uh, so I kind of have developed over the past year or so just for my own personal flying, let alone when I'm in front of people, but like a, a pre flight ritual that kind of chills me out and gets me in the right mindset to fly Mm -hmm. what do you do especially if you know there's a lot of people watching oh or both well uh, talk about private and you know with people watching you know i don't i don't do a single thing different i can tell you that between the two yeah between the two i really don't um I have this weird little, I guess it's not weird, um, but I, uh, so I'll get my heli all fired up if it's a nitro or all plugged in, initialized, all that good stuff. I go out there, I set it down. Um, uh, immediately, as soon as I set it down, I'll check my controls, make sure I got rudder and cyclic. Those are the only two that I really need. Uh-huh. Um, from there, I kind of, I don't know, just shake it off for a split second. I usually do close my eyes and take a deep breath and just kind of relax. Mm-hmm. Uh, I find when I don't do it, I, I just, it kind of, I never get in my, uh, don't get my feng shui on, you know, for the, for the whole flight. Yeah. Can't well, find just, your groove. No, I can't get my groove. It, it forces me to, okay, here we go. It's just like any other flight, you know, do what you do. Do your thing. Um, I, I think if you... Yep. Taking that kind of, it allows you to forget where you're at, um, forget that everyone's watching, and just kind of picture in your head, hey, I'm at my home field, I'm just out here, I'm having fun. I'm going to fly, have some fun. You know, it'll give you a couple seconds to go over if you have any specific maneuvers or a routine you're doing. It just kind of detaches from from that nervousness, you know. Take a nice, good, long exhale, open your eyes, hammer down, go for it. Hammer down. <laughs> <laughs> Put your foot on the skinny pedal, baby. <laughs> on the skinny pedal. Yeah, what do you do? Um, Actually, it's not too far off from that. I mean, I go out, I check my controls and everything, and I walk back. And uh, There is one quirky thing that I do every time, and I always connect my neck strap the same way every single time. Really? I maybe it's my OCD. I mean, I'm not really OCD, but I people say I am. Um, but yeah, like <laughs> you, you know how you have the clasp, and then you you know you have the ring that you connect to on your transmitter. Well, uh, depending on the transmitter, that clasp always points up or it always points left. Never down and never right. I don't know why. It's just what I do. Wow. Yeah, I don't have a reason for it. But yeah, so then I, I, you know, I walk back and I connect my transmitter and I do the same thing. I close my eyes, I take a deep breath, I chill for, I don't know, sometimes it feels like a minute. People behind me are probably like, is he going to fly or what? (laughs) He's either going to pass out or fly. (laughs) You know, half the time I have to adjust my pants before I fly because you know they're going to fall down in the middle of the flight, so... (laughs) A little, little junk check, make sure everything's all where it needs to be. <laughs> hey, you know, you got to be comfortable. Man's got to yep. be comfortable when he's flying. Yeah, yep. and I, you know, it, you won't be surprised to see me, like, stop my feet a couple times. Because if I'm standing on a bump, I flatten it out. 
Yeah, no, I can't do that either. I have to actually be on perfectly flat ground, and I yeah. I fly. It looks a little funny, but I I kind of will you know take like half a step out with one foot. I, I don't stand perfectly straight up and down like some of these guys. They they look like a fence post when they're flying. Uh huh. You know, <laughs> yeah, and I'll I'll fall over if I do that. Yeah, yeah. You stand. Which foot's out? Is it always the same foot? It, no, it's just it's move one out and then recenter like my body over my feet. I just have to have my feet kind of spread out a little bit. And yeah, if there's anything funky going on underneath your shoes, it's got to get fixed like right then and there. I'll, I'll move yeah. around. Kind of yep. do this little dance because we don't have the luxury. My normal flying field, um, the grass is kind of rough up where you stand, so you, you kind of have to pick your spot a little yep. bit. Yep. Now, do you guys have like the um, the flying stations with the little fences and stuff? It, it depends on which field. If I if I drive out um, about twenty five minutes away, there's the Linden Flying Club. That's a really nice club. They've got the whole little fences and the benches and the tables and all that sort of a deal with the stations. Um, But then the field closer to home, which is about 10 minutes, that's our semi-private field. Uh, It's not an actual heli club, but pretty much everyone that flies helicopters flies there. And that, I actually myself go out and mow a couple of, we just mow straight out into this field. I could do a little... 30 foot long straight one lawnmower width path out there and then i'll mow like a big 30 foot diameter circle Uh, so that's that's a little bit rougher um but it works it's a great place to fly so i'm not going to complain what do you have so that's that's where your video is from yep that's it all right it's a tough place to learn like you know if the guys are learning to shoot autos it, yeah, it's pretty tough. that's what I'm running into now. I actually expanded my area a little bit because I just I wasn't hitting it when I was doing autos, and you know, I the hay gets you know three four feet tall, and I'm done doing autos until it's short again. So yeah, that kind of stinks. But yeah, I I don't really like standing behind those little fences. Really, I don't, I don't know why, but I just feel like they're in the way. They <laughs> make you claustrophobic? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I mean, they're only waist high, but I no, don't know. You know, I think that's probably kind of true. I know that, like, our uh, the closer field there that's, you know, non-sanctioned, I'll be the first to admit that I stand too close to where I land. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. It's just the way the field's laid out. You stand on the edge of a 30-foot circle, well, that means you're landing <laughs> right, right in front of you right and taking off right in front of you um so i find myself it's kind of weird you know i notice speaking of rituals that that brings up a good one when i'm gonna do um like i'll, I'll some sort of acrobatic auto inverted pyro flipping whatever whatever it is it doesn't matter i actually i will, hate you well, <laughs> I'll actually step out. Even when I'm at the linden field with the little fences, I'll step over and I'll walk like five feet out past that flying station and then wow. do that, which is stupid when you think about it because I, I, I'm autoing like straight at myself. Wow. <laughs> Inverted. It's a bad, it's a horrible idea. It's a remedy for a disaster. But because I learned out at the other field um, where we just, you landed in the circle 
that's right. like the angles that I feel the most comfortable with. And I think it's also a, a safety comfort thing. I feel like if I walk farther out before I do it, then I'm farther away from the people because I know uh, that. Yeah, I could see that part of it. You know what I mean? And again, because of that other field, you're right. not, you know, you're not that far away from right. everyone when you're sitting there flying. So I, I just kind of out of habit, move out a little bit. I, I right. never even thought about that, but yeah, I do it everywhere. And then I put it right down at my feet. Now, why I can't stand 10 feet back and still land it in the same spot, I have no idea. See, now I I have a problem where I can't land close to me when I do an auto. I, I'll do an auto. Uh, obviously, I'm not doing anything inverted or acrobatic or any of that business, you jerk. But <laughs> I... <laughs> You know, I come in, and the square that I initially started with was roughly 50 by 50. And, you know, I'm standing 10, 15 feet out into that square because of the trees behind me. And I'm landing, like, right on the edge, if not in the tall grass beyond the square. Mm -hmm. I, I, like, can't auto closer than that for some reason. I don't know what the hang-up is, but when I come down, I end up, you know, the other side of that. So I'm, like, 40 feet from me no matter what. It'll get better. I remember the first, boy, I was down at Snohomish Field, and there was a guy down there named, uh, named Sam. And it was, I'd put off doing autos on purpose for so long. I mean, all these, you know, a couple years into flying nitros and had, you know, eight flame outs and all this. And I'd always managed to just barely save it, but I was <laughs> never out there doing them intentionally. Right. So finally, I, I had two helis, and I was like, ah, here we go. This is it. I got skids. I got a couple booms. I got some blades and some links. We're good to go. We're doing autos. And I could not get that thing within a country half mile of myself. <laughs> He's like, you need to go a little higher. You need to go up a little more. Get closer. Up over your head. And I'm like, I'm flying straight over my head. He said, no, you're not. You think you are, but you're <laughs> but not. You're not. Yep. And I, I'm like, I am not doing this. This is not safe. This is ridiculous. <laughs> this is not safe. <laughs> this is absolutely ridiculous. I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> so it it took a long time. And finally, you know what did it? I got pissed walking. Yeah, okay. I, I was mad. Yeah. I kept walking out and walking out to go get it and walking out. Because it was so far out there, I couldn't even see which way it was <laughs> facing to take it off again. <laughs> so you started autoing on, what, a 600? Yeah. 600 okay. nitro. All right. Well, I started practicing them on my 500. That's, that takes some some uh, some. Marbles. That's silly, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. And I actually do them okay on that. And then uh, I finally nutted up last weekend and started doing them on the goblins. So. And was it not really easy? It, it, it had a lot of float at the end, yeah. <laughs> it's weird how that works. Funny thing about that. Yeah. Oh. That's one thing that kind of scares me. I was... Uh, giving the goblin a little bit of an eyeball and man i don't i'm hard on skids <laughs> my poor 700 has been pogo <laughs> that thing's seen some serious hang time after it's landed just <laughs> doing autos it's kind of the young because when you run out of head speed in the middle of a paraflipping auto you have no choice it's gonna bounce yeah. That's one thing I'll give a line credit for is those kids are resilient, man. Uh-huh. Yeah, my 500 has taken a lot of bounces. Yeah, but those goblin ones, I was looking at it going, oh, geez. Yeah. I, actually, won't. they haven't been too bad as far as bounce so far. I mean, uh, 
you know, I'm still kind of fresh to that whole thing. So, yeah, you'll I, find out. I've had a couple good bounces. Well, I've also pancaked them too. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not, that is not true. doing an auto. Well, sort of doing an auto. But it, whatever. It's different story. Should have been. <laughs> should have been. That video's on YouTube. Go find it. Laugh. Yeah. Go find it and laugh. <laughs> no, yep. so it's um, yeah. It, it it just took a long time. It took a long time, and then I noticed that when I was teaching, um, teaching a couple of the local guys, same thing. I mean, it was they were landing them way out there, and I'm like, nope, got to get it closer, got to get it closer, got to get. I just kept saying it over and over, and I think what we finally kind of learned was take that thing up there, get your tail all, you know, get the tail set, and point it at yourself. Yeah, I guarantee you that. When you're learning, it's not going to come close to you. You think it is, but it's not going to. So don't, you know, don't think, well, I'm going to point it over here, and that's going to land 10 feet in front of me. No, it's not. Point so it straight at yourself, and it'll still land 30 feet out. The voodoo ritual is hit yourself. <laughs> hit yourself. I've had, I've had more than a couple autos where I have ducked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. I I kind of get. I'll get made fun of with that for a lot. Well, those you know the the inverted ones get a little bit uh, well hair. They're a little bit difficult to learn because just the way in which you auto your you know your descent rate if when you're going to do something acrobatic has to be so much higher. You know, if you're just shooting yeah. a regular auto with a 700, you can float it, and mess around, stick the nose down, come back up a little bit, and just kind of play with it, but. You know, doing a pair flipping auto, you have got to have that thing hauling. I mean, hauling, and then re to really build that head speed at the end. And it's uh, it's intimidating when you're gonna try and pop it two feet off the deck, fifteen feet in front of you, and then you just get it a little bit high, and all of a sudden it's like, wow, that's not aiming for fifteen feet in front of me. That's coming <laughs> for my head. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's all. It's all part of learning. Now, I've noticed a lot of the, the pros when they do autos. Somehow we got into an auto conversation here, but um, yeah. they come in at like 45 degrees most of the time. Like, mm -hmm. Instead of coming straight from the right or straight from the left, they you know are out farther and they come back in towards them at, on like a 45. Yeah, that's, that's usually how I do it. I think it's a little easier for visual reference. Yeah, maybe that's my issue. Is I'm just I'm trying to come in straight from the sides. I mean, I know that's how you're supposed to learn them and practice them, but yeah, that's a little tough. I just naturally do them 45. I'm not really sure why. I think it's because I I'll kind of like like if I'm going to do an inverted one, I'll come it say off my right shoulder at 45, and then as I as I roll the nose up and the cyclic over to the right to get that stir going, it'll mm -hmm. kind of pop it back up left 45 and then I'll I'll do the pirouette and end up landing it right there so it almost kind of makes like a little V approach as it comes in with the pop and then ends up over there hmm. kind of gives me that opportunity to push it back away from myself at the last minute nice yeah yeah huh you'll get it there'll be lots of broken parts I did yeah. Yeah. but it's fun though I mean it's just that extra little bit to the end of your flight you already get such an awesome feeling out of flying anyway. If you can, you know, smear a little icing on that cake at the end, it just makes yeah. it all that much better. Yeah. Yep. 
All right, so back to the pre-flight flight rituals. Yeah, pre-fright. Pre, pre-fright? You're making fun of me. So happened. <laughs> Karma's a biatch. <laughs> uh, anyways, back to the, the, the pre-flight rituals. Um, do you have any other ones? Anything specific you do at Fun Flies? Other, I mean, not just pre-flight, but just in general? Um, bring my starter with me. <laughs> that does help. I always bring it with me. Because I, I don't like doing that walk of shame when you go up there and fire it up. and, and then Oh, man, you got to walk all the way back. Yeah. No, I, I think that's it. It's, it really comes down to whatever, whatever you got to do to make yourself feel comfortable. You know, just try and tune everyone else out. And, and when, you're, when you get into the demo, you know, sort of situation and just, yeah, be comfortable and don't don't overthink anything. And if yep. you got little weird things that you do, then I mean, rock them. <laughs> rock them. <'em. Yeah>, absolutely. <laughs> I've seen some pretty goofy looking, you know, some weird ones. People yeah. do weird little shakes, or you know, they're out there like stretching, all getting ready. It's like, hey, man, these things are hard enough to fly. I mean, yeah. they really are. Do whatever you need to do to get comfortable. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, and it's. It's definitely an interesting experience to actually hear people like cheering and yelling to you and stuff from the back too. That's just that's also foreign to me. I don't understand why it's weird to me, but it it's is. a cool feeling, though. It is. I'm not gonna lie. That's you know, I, <laughs> I, mean, I was sitting there with my 500, and I literally had it like an inch off the ground inverted. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm just sitting there, and you just start hearing them yell lower. Like really, <laughs> really. <laughs> There is no lower. <laughs> oh, well, there was actually at one second. I uh, I fed the wrong input a little bit. And <laughs> I swear the one side of the disc had to have touched the ground, but I landed in one piece. I, sh- I shot up out of that because, you know, you, you panic a little bit. I leveled it out and then I shot straight up and did a huge tail slide. Mm-hmm. And the tail slide, I pulled out really low on that, too. And the skids actually dragged through the tall grass on the edge of the field when I pulled out. Nice. <laughs> Almost an epic skid bump. <laughs> Almost. Those those are my favorite. Epic <laughs> skid bumps. <laughs> you, n- you never fly away from an epic skid bump. Oh <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Did you see oh did you speaking of skid bumps, did you see that video which of video? uh of Bert, I'm gonna have to put. Yes, a link up yes, I did. Up. Where he digs up a divot. <laughs> oh my good lord! Yes, yeah, that, Dude, was, that was the like... 6:30 video. It was the Goblin 6:30, and he was um, in Europe for a fun fly. Yep, I was like freaking Arnold Arnold Palmer, dude. Replace your divots. That was awesome. <laughs> That was a huge chunk. That's the biggest. Yeah. I mean, he almost pulled up a chair, you know, got out all the city workers to stand around him, grabbed a big shovel and just dug in. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah, that was that was awesome. He was flying. I guess he made a comment something about, hey, that was all on, you know, three, four hours of sleep. But yep. He yeah, was he'd flying only had that a few day. hours of sleep in a few days. It wasn't even just that night. It was a few days and only a few hours sleep. And what is it with Bert? When he gets over to those Europe fun flies, you remember that last video that he did? Yeah. Um, yeah, with the Scorpion with the 130 ESC on it when he was flying his 700. 
-hmm. That was the hardest I have ever seen Burt fly. I mean, I had kind of wondered, you know, Burt was Mr. Smack back in the day, and then, you know, I just kind of got away from that as he was doing, you know, other things, which is completely understandable. You got to get tired of rebuilding, you know? (laughs) I think he should hire me as a mechanic, and I'll just work for him. There you go. That'd be... (laughs) That'd be great. Yeah, out of nowhere comes this video, and it's just like anger all balled up. Oh, yeah. Flight, and that thing was spun up. That was great. And then then he disappears for a while and comes back and does does something like this with the 630. So that was awesome. Nice props, Bert. That was cool. I always enjoy watching those. And you know what I think is nice about it is that it's not all the time from him. No, no, it's not. You don't see it, and you just kind of die down, think, forget about it, and then boom, out of nowhere, <laughs> one comes back. So. Out of nowhere, I'm digging holes with my skids. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. I know. You know, we haven't talked about this much, but I... Oh, hold on, hold on. Okay. Is this, is this what I think we're going into? Yeah. Yeah? You sure? Okay. It can be. Are we talking about blades now? I think we're talking about blades. Because I just built blades, you know, like night blades. You did? Yeah. How'd you do it? With copper tape. (laughs) Copper tape? Copper tape, some LEDs, and some resistors. Nice. Where'd you get the tape at? I mean, where Um, where do people purchase these items if they want to do it themselves? That's a good question. Um, Because I actually, because I live in, you know, nowhere land. I don't actually live. I just, you hear a voice once a week and that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I, I was going to go into town and see if like, you know, the craft shop had some or whatever. And then I was like, well, I'm going to end up with some generic crap and not have, you know, quality tape. Like uh, baskets and some flowers and some, you know, come home with a nice floral arrangement. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, man, I went for covered tape. And every time I come back, I have a floral arrangement. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so I, I got to look around. Most people have said that the 3M tape is the best. I didn't end up with the 3M tape. I went to a site that I go to for a lot of my electronics projects. Like when I built that Rover that, uh, I have on my website, that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got looking around there and they actually had copper tape. Nice. I read the reviews on it and they're like, this stuff's stupid sticky. So I was like, all right, I'll try it and see how it does. And well, so far so good. I spent a head speed of twenty eight fifty on my five hundred. So, wow, yeah, so far so good. Awesome. Yep. And then how? Um, like the LEDs. Where do you get the LEDs from? Uh, not gonna lie, I got mine from Hobby King. Hey, dude, you don't need to lie about that. <laughs> uh, well, I bought the the strips. You know the three meters or whatever they come in i bought a bunch of those and then i just took the leds and resistors off the strip as i needed them for the blades Mm -hmm. because well i have those tools to do that so that's what i did they got an app for that you know that yeah there's an app out there to help figure out resistors for leds right Uh, yeah only dorky people like myself know that (laughs) or even dorkier people people like myself that actually just do the math yeah, yeah. I, I'm not gonna do that. I don't have to, I don't have or, time for that. Or just off the top of my head, know that a random LED needs approximately, you know, three hundred and thirty ohms worth of resistance. That makes you even dorkier. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But it worked good. 
Yeah. And it, yeah. And it's a lot. Now, now, what was your reason for wanting to do it yourself? Because uh, you can't find 500 blades. Okay, there's one company that makes blades for the 500, which is MS Composites, I think. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel like spending 90 bucks on a set of blades. Gotcha. So I took, you know, a, a, set, a spare set of SABs that I had. I bought the tape. I had the LEDs. Done. Yeah. Um, DIY kits, I haven't seen too many of. I know Zero Gear used to have one. I don't know what happened to Zero Gear. They just up and disappeared or what? Yeah, Perfect Regulators has one. They're kind of right in the middle of a of a revision coming out with a V2 some different colors. Uh, it's a great kit, um, but yeah, so that one's not kind of waiting on, waiting to get that one all dialed yep. in and finished yep. up. But now, you're right, there isn't much. The the um, perfect regulators. They have what three LEDs on top and two on the bottom. I think that's going to be. There was going to be some changes with the V2, so I'm not quite sure what it ended up being. But um, yeah, I do believe it's three and two. That seems to be kind of almost like a standard. Okay, because I totally did three and three. <laughs> did you? <laughs> yeah, I did uh, green, Rebel. amber. Yeah, green, amber, green on top and red, amber, red on the bottom. So, You know, I, hey, if you're colorblind, you won't be able to tell the difference between top and bottom of my helicopter. Sorry. Well, I don't really want a colorblind person I fly in anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's, you know, it's funny. There was a, a, a young kid, really talented pilot in Snohomish, uh, who did just this fabulous, <laughs> fabulous night flying setup. I mean, he put so much time into it. And during the day, I mean, it was rock star. It was awesome. It, just how cool and all the detail. He went and did one flight in it, came back in, was like, well, that was completely worthless. And I was like, well, how come? He goes, I can't tell what's what. Everything, <laughs> that, made, everything that made sense in his head on the ground was not turned out to be what he could yes. see. And this guy's always night flown every single year. I mean, very experienced night flying pilot. And he, he, he was like, dude, it was horrible. I couldn't tell what was what. I don't feel comfortable flying it. So just goes to show yes. sometimes trial and error is the best thing that'll work for you. For example, no blue on my helicopter. None. Yeah. So I can't None. see, I, I can see the blue, but I see multiple streaks and it's just a big blur when I look at the blue. So gotcha. I found that out with my little foamy plank. Ah, I yeah. said plank. Do I get do I get in trouble now? Yeah, <laughs> you're lucky, Dad's not here. Oh wait, dude. Oh, oh no, no, totally I got more news. I got more news this. from Dan. Yeah, oh, you ready? Yeah, it's time to He's burn not him. Here. We will come back to the blades. We're we're coming back to the blades, but Dan. Okay. Oh, I'm going R two D two, aren't I? Okay. Just for a minute. Am I done? It's okay. It's, Am I good yeah, now? It, 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 it'll pass. <laughs> All okay. right. So what's your news? Dan bought something. <laughs> <laughs> what did he buy? Do you know? Oh, man. oh I, know what he, I know what he bought. This is awesome. I love you know having what? this. And you know what sucks? He's going to edit this out. <laughs> 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 yeah 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 probably go ahead dan edit it out the world will find out eventually yeah oh i will i'll make a freaking banner if you edit it out dude <laughs> 
So he Go has on. this thing, and it sounds off, or sounds like a pissed off beehive when it flies. Yeah, and it's got four little spinny things on it. And they do not have variable pitch. <laughs> yep, yes. Dan bought a flame wheel. Yes, he did. But you know what's okay. So now that we've 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 got our pokes in, right? Well, is it called a flame wheel because we're going to flame him for it? Oh, it's the name <laughs> couldn't be any more fitting. <laughs> um, he's actually he got it, put it all together, and then realized he didn't want one, and now he's gonna sell it. Really? Yeah, I didn't know oh, he yeah. put it together. Yeah, he put it together, and then I think it kind of you know the reality set in. What the hell am I doing with this thing? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, so he came back. It's, you know, some, sometimes during, you know, your the rehab process, you, you'll slip. You'll, you'll have those moments where you relapse for a second. Somewhere on the other side of town lies a helicopter, broken, bent, and clinging to life. How it got there is a mystery. Was it a lockout or just dumb thumbs? One thing we do know, though, is the only chance it has for the right parts to bring it back to life? Helipros.com Yeah. Okay, so b- back to blades. Okay, Sorry. back to we blades. So I, I built my night blades, and I did something that I really should not have done, or reverse that. I, I didn't do something that I really should have done. Okay. I did not balance them when I was done. Ooh. I, I didn't check the span-wise. I didn't check any CG. I just put them on the helicopter and said, if it doesn't vibrate, close a damn enough. Bolt and go. <laughs> Pretty much. How'd it work? No vibrations. <laughs> really? Because I'm OCD when I build things. So, like, everything um, was exactly the same length. I measured out exactly where every LED would go. You know, I didn't wing anything. So, okay. Yeah. But yep. for those who are, make sure you do it. Yep. <laughs> Definitely. So, I mean, on the subject of blades, do you have. And we'll get to brands. I think we'll get to brands in a second. But do you have a preference for what, like, what style of blade that you prefer? Define style. I mean, they're all. Um, let's go for. Well, I kind of lump them into. Okay. Well, first, let's start with uh, with um, narrow cord or wide cord. How about that? Uh, I don't think I've actually ever flown a wide cord. But you know really? my, my my favorite is? Flat bottom woodies. <laughs> Flat bottom woodies. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, man. They're great for going upside down and stuff. Oh, I'm sure they fly awesome. <laughs> Give a little more, a little more, a little more. <laughs> come on, come on, come on, come on. Uh, go back up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, you were saying? Wide cord. Yeah, wide cord. Wide cord. Now, aren't the... 
the S, you're flying the SABs on the Goblin, right? Correct. Aren't those considered a wide cord? Um, I honestly don't know. Because they just, the, I don't think they actually say whether they're wide cord or not. I think they just yeah, say, uh, you know, they say new design or whatever on the package. So whatever. It's the I only think they, they are have. a little bit wider. Maybe. I mean, they're definitely wider than edges. Edges would be like a narrower cord blade. Okay. Well, as far as comparison to, uh, for my 500, I used to have um, Curtis blades on it, and I put mm-hmm. the SABs on it, and they're they're about the same width as the Curtis, so. Yeah? Yeah. Which ones do you like better? I like the SABs better. They're quieter. Ah. You, you can still get the fart out of them, but they're quieter. Yeah. I usually, I tend to go with a wider cord blade. Reason being, I like the pop that a wider cord blade gives, and I'm not a big crazy head speed guy. Right. Um, I I run my Whiplash at about 2,050. Um, that much, huh? Yeah. It's a. You gotta remember, it's all relative to weight. That's one thing when people start talking about head speeds. Oh, you run this, you run that. Well, it it's all relative for me to weight. Yeah. Would I run that? on you know like let's say on a goblin that came in at at 10 pounds no absolutely not what would, would you pro- what would you run on a goblin i'd probably be down at 1950 yeah see i'm running 1850 yeah i i would be down a lot lower i mean now, whatever felt comfortable i do not yeah. get mixed up in numbers i don't get mixed up in anything i just dial it up to where it feels comfortable i can still get the pop out of it that i want but the control is still there. The precision still there. Yep. Yeah. Well, part of the reason why I'm doing it is because I, I'm still learning a lot. And uh, I you know, talked to a couple people, and I figured it would probably be best for me. A, I get a longer flight time. I get eight-plus minutes out of a flight on that right now. Yeah, that's where it's at. And you know, I, I'm learning a lot more collective management, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can actually TikTok the thing at 1850. Yeah. And... You know, it's no problem. And then when I do turn the head speed up, my TikToks are really crisp. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they look really cool then. (laughs) Yeah, that whole trend of high, the high head speed thing is just not, I I just don't care for it. Maybe, you know, I think that is why I like the wider cord style blades, because I can still get that pop. If I want to work on, you know, bunny hops or TikToks or something where I really want some some crispness on the collective when you pop it. You don't have to run such a high head speed on it. And coming from a background, um, you know, starting out with nitros, I liked having that that big amount of pop. But you know, you can't you can't go up with the head speed. You're stuck with what you're stuck at. So I just made the decision that okay, I like a lot of pop out of it, but I'm just going to have to really work on my collective management. And they are. They will. They'll talk back. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you dig into it too hard with a wider cord blade, <gasps> they do talk. Yeah, yeah the kind of like Dan t- and his forty five degrees of pitch. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't admit you could have put toothpicks on there and it would have balked with that much. <laughs> but yeah, I mean the guys that like the higher head speeds, you know the um, the narrower cord blade. It definitely does not. They don't bog as much. Um, they recover a little bit quicker. So if you do manage to get them bogged, the recovery time is is really fast on them. Um, but they just, I again, with autos, you know, my, 
my favorites have the the three favorite blades that I've flown have been the regular Radix blades. Not mm-hmm. I didn't care for the fly barless ones. The the first version they were just too heavy. Super stable. Oh, man, they were super stable. Tracked amazing, but just too heavy uh, for my style. Um, uh, so the regular Radix, uh, the Mavericks. I really like the new Mavericks. I never liked the original ones, um, but the the fly barless blades now seem to fly very similar to the Radix for me. So I I really enjoy flying those. Um, and the rail blades. I did like I definitely like flying the rail blades. They're they're creepy quiet though, which is a little weird. Mm. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but they're they're just really quiet. I was under the impression that they. Depending, I mean, it's all flying style, but from what I understood, you know, talking to some people that had tried them, they said they felt a little mushy. They track really well, but they feel a little mushy. Yeah, and I've I've heard that. The only ones that I I got to fly were on um, was on my N5C at the time, and the they were very resistant to bogging and they recovered very fast. Which, when you're flying a 50 size nitro that's awesome <laughs> yeah any blade that can do that is like your next best friend uh so i really liked them there yet they seem to auto um they auto really well uh so i, I enjoyed them there but I-, I never to be fair i never got to go out and do any any back-to-back on a real consistent powerful machine you know to see if i could see the difference what's with the funky tip it's got some optimized, you know, it's like the rotor tech tip, which uh-huh. I think might uh-huh. be where the whole mold came from. I mean, let's face it, people, if you really stand back and look at all the blades, yeah, they can fly completely different. Don't get me wrong. They're, no one's copying everyone else. The mold costs on these blades are ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. $100,000 plus. So it doesn't make sense. You know, that's why I remember when Edge started coming out and they were just cranking popular. Everybody was pitching like you wouldn't believe. When are these going to be back in stock? When are these going to be back in stock? I remember talking to the guys at Red Heli and they're like, dude, you can make one set of blades per mold per day. Yeah. And I went, wow. Okay. Never (laughs) mind. I'll back off a little bit. So it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me, and it's it's not a bad thing. It's not kind of like a clone thing. I mean, if the mold's there, the outer shape's one thing. What you do with the inside yeah. as far as, you know, where the weighting is at, is it out towards the tip, leading edge, trailing edge, that makes the blade fly how it flies. But that tip, it does something really funky. I'm not even going to pretend to be an aerospace engineer and explain it all, but it definitely cuts down on the sound. Um Supposedly, it's supposed to be more efficient. I, I don't know if we could really anyone could produce consistent flights enough to prove that, but uh, it sure does make them quiet. That's for sure. So, what are you doing, Dee? I'm playing I with fiddling. Stuff. I'm playing with stuff. I have some some things. I'm actually playing with one of my broken SAB blades at the moment. Oh, okay. At least it's a blade. I, I'll give you a little bit of slack. See, you know, I'm doing my homework as we're talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All so, right. So you have fly barless blades and you have fly barred blades. Okay. Okay. Now, if if you say so. Yeah. Exactly. Now, what is the difference? 
Say I have <laughs> say I have two identical blades. Okay, they even match colors. Okay. Same brand, but one says flybarless and one says flybard. So if it's okay. an edge blade, it's yellow for flybarless and white for non-flybarless. Mm-hmm. I forget what uh, what does Curtis do for his flybarless barless blades. The radix. They blades. have a they have a whole different like coloring scheme to them. Yeah, and the Maverick yeah. blades are red for flybarless. They have a red stripe in between. Yeah, okay. the red stripe that runs through them. The red designates flybarless. Okay. Okay, so what's the difference? Where where would you see the difference in those blades? The easiest way to see the difference would be to take the blades, um, put a bolt through them or uh, an Allen driver or whatever you got through the root, hang them up, hold them up straight. A flybarless blade will be more leading edge heavy. So the center of gravity down the the cord of the blade. So from be, leading edge to trailing edge, you're talking about balancing yep. it that way. Yep. The balance point on that will be more toward the leading edge. It'll be, most of the time, they're a neutral blade, which means that if you were to draw a line straight down the blade from, from the hole, from the blade bolt hole, it would be perfectly straight parallel with the leading edge of that blade. Right. A flybard blade would tend to be slightly trailing edge CG. So it would actually, when you hang it down, it'll swing. Uh, it's like it almost forward swings a little bit. For, forward just a little bit. Yep. Yeah. And as far as the other CG? As far as the other CG, generally flybarless blades will tend to be, um, the, the CG on them will be a little bit farther out towards the end of the towards blade. the tip. Yep. Towards the tip. Towards the tip. And fly barred inner. Like that's, if you go back to the old Radix, the difference between a set of regular Radix blades and a set of stick bangers was the CG, uh, the lengthwise CG. The right. stick bangers had a CG far inward from it, but that's why they, I mean, they had crazy pop, crazy recovery time. But I have flown them on a fly barless system. And while it did work, it didn't particularly care for it. Yes. So do you know why they put the CGs farther forward and farther out on the flybarless? Because we don't... It, it's just to help stabilize everything. Just more <laughs> centrifugal, or is it centripetal? Centri <laughs> centrifugal oh, no. force? I don't... <laughs> more gyroscopic yeah. effect from the blades. Yeah. It's just more natural stability out of it. I mean, the helis are so unstable without a fly bar by nature that we kind of actually need the blades to help now i guess having said that it used to be a lot bigger man i can remember flying like 4.0 v-bar mm -hmm. holy cow it was picky i mean you could not put a set of stick bangers on there and it flew it flew really bad with the newer versions they're definitely getting a lot more you know lenient on it yeah but yeah i don't know i mean do you do you pick a blade by what it says on the label? Whether I mean, are you opposed to flying a blade that says it's fly bar on a fly barless system? I'm not opposed to it. There's just certain things I would expect out of it versus a fly barless blade. Mm -hmm. You know, I would expect it to be more uh, sensitive. Maybe gotcha. maybe a little more pitchy. 
Mm-hmm. You know, that, that sort of thing where, you know, your immediate reaction is going to be a little more sensitive than a fly barless blade. Mm-hmm. And what would the what would the negative tendencies of that be? Uh, say fast forward flight, you might get some porpoising, that sort of thing. Yeah, just won't quite lock in as well. Yes, yes. Yeah, I'm not opposed to it at all. I mean, I I, I love the way the regular Radix flew. I mean, they were they were great fly barred blades on a fly barless system. I actually know a lot of people that still fly it. But other ones, uh, yeah, I didn't care for the way the, the edges flew. Um, the fly barred edges, I didn't care for the way that they flew. Yeah. So just don't get caught up in the name. No. No, fly what works for you. I mean, I, Matthew, you remember Matthew. He was mm-hmm. on a couple times. He hangs out with Dieter and all that. Yeah. Um, he was talking to me a few days ago because he kind of messed up his fusion a little bit and needed blades. So he's like, well... I don't know. I was flying edge blades and you're saying get SAB and somebody else was telling him to get something else and somebody else was telling him to get something else altogether. He's like, I just don't know. It's like, well, try them. If you don't like them, get something else. Yeah. If you, you really liked how the edge flew, then stay with edge. Yeah. I. It, there's no right or wrong answer. Nope, there just isn't. I mean, you have to go out there and fly them and don't Man, that's I've been guilty of this too. I've I've bought one brand for one heli, and then I don't know. I think to really compare them, try and give yourself a fair shot at the comparison. I know it's tough because really, who wants to go out and buy three different brands of blades all the same exact size? Yeah, and Most who wants to go don't. out and buy three fly barless units just to try them all? Exactly. So you get used to what you're flying, and then that's what you say is the best. Well. Yep. I mean, it's if if you want to do it accurately and really find out which one you like, then you do have to go buy three sets of blades, have three flight packs, or you know, all ready to go, fly them back to back to back, and just switch blades, and then you'll find out. And the, you know, the results might be kind of surprising. You might say, "Wow, I never expected to like this brand," you know, or fly this brand. But if they fly you know, the way that you want them to, that's the most important thing. Yep. And something else that I want to mention is just if, if you're new to flying and you have something set up and it's, it's working okay and you're actually progressing and learning with it, just stay with it for a while. Oh yeah. You know, don't be swapping stuff around when you're, you're so fresh because then you just get confused. (laughs) No. And any, any of the regular normal non-hobby king non-knockoff carbon fiber blades you know edges mavericks all the the regular name brand they're all great blades yes like you you really can't get you might get the oddball one you know that they don't match up balance wise but they're all great blades so don't when you're learning go for whatever you can get that's cheap and you can get consistently you know, and that that works for your setup, but don't don't feel for one second that a different brand of blade will make you fly better because it will not. Right. It will not. So what about blade balancers, man? I mean, I, I no. didn't balance my uh, my night blades there, but that's mainly because I don't have a blade balancer anymore. I need to get a good one. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't fly anything small. So <laughs> mine usually consists of a pencil. Okay. So you, you just find the, the CG and balance it there and check the other one, make sure it's the same? Yeah. Honestly, what about that weight? How do you I, check the weights? I weigh them on a small gram scale at the CG point. Okay. There, yeah, it's works. it's kind of a backyard. It's a ghetto method. I'm not that, gonna lie. That's not ghetto. What's ghetto well, is what I did. Okay, okay, yeah, I did. <laughs> I, I did check them a little bit. I put them on a table with it with a sharp edge to it, and I lined them up and I pushed them along the edge of the table out so the tip was going straight off the table until they both started to lean, and they were both leaning at approximately the same point. I said, "Good enough," and went and flew. <laughs> Yeah, okay. That, you win. You're right. That was more ghetto. <laughs> no, I've, I've never been one for the... I had, you know, back when I was flying smaller stuff, 450s, and I got into the whole blade balancers, and I just, I don't know. I felt like I was just always fighting the balancer more than I was anything. So yeah. from now, I just, I, I lay a, a pencil... Something round, smooth out on the table. <laughs> Yours is too crooked. It wouldn't work. Hey, now. Hey, now. It has to be you at least supposed the, to tell anybody. the length of the cord of the blade, Jake. I'd, I'd like to see you get caught you're in that situation. You're, confu you're confusing me with Dan. Oh, that's right. It's Dan. That's right. No, it's so all just, you know... Stick something out. An old main shaft works. A main shaft works great. An old main shaft. Stick old it out there. Speaking Move. of main shafts, I'm diverting. We're going over here for a minute. It's like, okay. Hey, hey look, a squirrel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like put, squirrels. I like going to the zoo, too. You ever been to the zoo? Yeah. I put that damn uh, DFC head on the that 500. damn DFC yeah. head. And, it, you know, it comes with the DFC main shaft. I was like, all right, cool. It's a shorter main shaft, whatever. I put it in, put my main gear on. I have literally a millimeter of vertical play. Wow. Yeah. Now and they don't, do they not, does a line not make, I'm not versed in this, does a line not make main shaft shims for the 500? I don't know. Because my main shaft was smooth. It didn't have any lip or ring or anything on it. Yep. You had a collar. So you, you put mm -hmm. the main gear on, you slid it up, you slid the collar down, tightened it down. Done. Yeah. Well, this has a lip on it, so you can't use that collar. Oh, oh I was mad. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you were. So I start looking around. I look, I'm looking around. I find my flybard head from last summer, and I take one of the uh, brass um, spacers from between the blade grip and the head. I take yeah. that out. I drill it out to the right diameter, and I start sanding it down to the thickness I need. I uh. made my own. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Damn you. Oh, I was so mad. I wonder if they do make shims. I'm sure they do, but... Yeah, but you didn't have why, any? Why didn't they include them in the kit? That's a good you point. You know, it's a DFC conversion kit. Why is it not in there? How is your 500 one of the a lot older ones? No, it's an ESP. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I got nothing then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I don't know. All right, so back to where were we? I don't know. All right, we're ripping on Dan for balancing his blades on his penis. 
Oh yeah, that, that's it. Yeah, so no, I'll just I'll balance them out lengthwise. Find the find the CG point. You know, mark it with a sharpie or whatever. Check the other blade. I'll put them up next to each other to make sure they're close. And if they're close, um, then they I just put them right on that CG point on a little electronic, you know, fine smaller gram scale. And, Measure uh, the weight. Yeah, most of the time, I could. Okay, I'll make a confession. <laughs> Half the time, I don't even do that. I pull them out of the box and fly them. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. that's. Uh, I'm not going to say that's the right thing to do, but I think it's uh, very rarely do I have an issue on the larger heli. Smaller helis, yes, it can. You know, any yes. little difference can be yes. huge. Yes. Well, you know, when you're spinning like what, forty-five hundred RPM. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it, man. You think that's it? Yeah, I got, I got nothing else. I'm kind of on vacation mode in my brain, anyway. Yeah. Well, here, here's my thing. Okay. It's a currently eleven thirty-eight, and I have to get up at about six a.m. to go to a fun fly. Nice. Yeah. That's all right. <laughs> I think we should leave no outro, and Dan should do it. Dan should do the outro. <laughs> it's the the outro is going to consist of you guys are freaking assholes. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are such dickheads. <laughs> you guys suck. So, if I wanted to get in touch with Dan, how would I do that? Uh. Easiest way would probably be just to send an email to dan at rchelionation.com or you can get in touch with him on the forums as Dan K. Reed. Yes, and he is on every freaking. <laughs> <laughs> so how would we get in touch with you, Jake? Um, well, I, I like, um, you know, a little massage oil and... <laughs> Wrong kind of touching. Yeah, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. Oh. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Um, just email me, you know, jake at rchelionation.com or catch me on the site Instant Messenger. I'm often bored working on databases at work, which is my current project, and God, is it tedious. So please, I am me. Distract me from the monotony. Anything. Anything. And if you want to get in touch with me, you can uh, email me at nick at rchelionation.com. Or um, I am NWM Tech on all the forums. And uh, hope you guys enjoyed listening to this show as much as we enjoyed making it. Jake, send us off.